All right. There we go. There I am. Making noise. How's everyone doing this morning? Good to see you. Um, wow, that was amazing. Thank you for that that worship service. It was so wonderful. Um, and also, I want to thank Pastor Alan for inviting me back here. Um, <laughs> yes, because uh, last time I, I, I preached here, he asked me how it went, and I said, was that today? And so I probably caused a little mini heart attack, and surprised he invited me back. Man, let's, let's get started. Um, did you guys, you guys did the whole 21-day fast, right? When, how, how great was that? You guys have fun with that? I, I had a great time. I actually, I think I, I lasted less time than I thought I did because um, somewhere between week two, I replaced what I was fasting from with something else that wasn't God. I was scrolling through social media, wasting my time, and I didn't realize it until it was like the final day Pastor Bryce was preaching and he said that he was fasting from uh, social media. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, <laughs> you know. So I wanted to kind of like in honor of that, preach about uh, let go and let God. I, I know we've all heard that phrase before. There's a T-shirt, so it's got to be good, right? But it's, a, it's a, not just a T-shirt, it's a saying, it's a reminder that, that God is in control no matter what our circumstances are. And these circumstances can be weighing us down, but God's got this. You know, he's not going to take it from us. He's a gentleman. He's going to accept it when you give it to him. But what does that look like? You know, because there's two parts to that. There's the letting go and there's the letting God. So letting go, what part do we play continually after after we finally let God? And what does that look like in our lives? Um, well, what I want to do is I want to open up in prayer and just kind of just radiate on that because that... That service is just, that the worship was just still radiating in me. Well, let's pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity to, to stand before uh, just a wonderful church. Um, God, we're hungry. You said that uh, man doesn't live off of bread alone, but every word from God's mouth, God, we are ready to eat. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat. So it's I got three points of letting go and three points of letting God. Our first point is let go of our perceived control. You know, we want to take control. We want to be the masters of our own lives, but it's just, it never works out. You know, we hold on. Should I move somewhere? Is it? Um. We want to hold on to our perceived strength and our control. And that never works out because in my life, actually even this week, I have to remind myself that you don't got this. You know, God's got this and you have to let it go. It's like I'm like a toddler. No, it's mine. You know, I want to play with it. But we end up recognize that throughout this storm of chaos that's around us, God is our safe place. He's our anchor. <clears throat> God is always maintaining full control over all situations, even the scary ones. I mean, he invites us into his strength, and it is our responsibility, mine, to give it to him, to allow him control over the situations. Um, for instance, I forget, my son 
has been running a fever. He's been sick this whole week, and last night he had a fever. And the whole day I'm stressed about it. But I didn't pray over him or pray for him until he went to bed. Right, I know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I thought about that, I'm like, what was I doing? I was taking on this myself. And, and God said, like, hello, remember me, you know. And, and I do that nonstop. But he always, he always receives it when I ask. No matter, there is no wrong time. He wants to be Lord of our lives. He wants to protect us and his spirit flourish within us. Surrender brought victory and a clear understanding of what God is capable of, what he wants to do for us. What he can do. Paul said it the best in Ephesians 6.10, he said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, God gives us all power that we have, and it's magnified through him. He gives us the power to endure anything that this world has to offer. Uh, can you bring up that slide, that picture? Now, what do you guys see here? It's, to me, yeah, it's just dirt and water, clay. But to an artist, that's a, that's a blank canvas, right? That's something, that could be anything. Anything that the artist wants. And God is our creator, he is the artist. In order for an artist to make that into something beautiful, he has to scar it. He has to carve away the stuff that is not needed. He has to create something from, from what I call nothing. And that's what God does in our lives. He doesn't do the scarring. Life does. Life will scar us nonstop. But we have to let, allow God to be that artist to smooth out those scars, to make something beautiful. Go to the next slide, please. And that is what he's molding us into being more and more like Christ in his image. But we have to allow him to do that in everything we do. Um, which brings me to point number two is let go of our entitlements. Right? You know, we love our dreams, we cherish our expectations, and we nurture our pride. We believe that life should go a certain way, should go as planned. People should live the way we live. And, but on top of that, we expect God to honor our goals. Well, how many times I've tried to, I had a gist, oh, God wants me to do this, but I'm not going to go the path that God set me on. I'm going to try to cut the field, you know, and, 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 and make it happen. I know it's his will in my life, so why can't I just go there? You know, and, I, and that's forcing my will, not his. But God gives us exactly what we need, what we would have prayed for if we knew what he knew, right? He knows exactly what you need. Rather, it's like, I don't like it, but I'm going to thank you later. You know, like, wow, there was, there was a purpose. I've been known to sulk, to pout, to uh, just not want to wait for the relief or for the the answer that I pray about. You know, just try to get through it. 
But I have to remind myself in 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. And, and he's, God has given us forgiveness. He's given us a promised inheritance. I mean, Holy Spirit, he dwells in us. That's not just a down payment of the inheritance. God gave us himself. There is no other, I mean, there is no promise ring like that. But these are promises that he always will fulfill. But how do we receive what God is trying to give us if we're holding on to everything else of this world? Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. I don't know about you, but that's a relief for me because I'm a mess. I tell you. I almost didn't make it here today. <laughs> I'm like, where am I going? But because of that, we can let go of our worry, which is our next point. You know, in recent years, we had the economy just shaken bad with this sickness and, and jobs. Now everything's like computer ran. I went to Walmart the other day and uh, I had to check myself out. There was zero people working the counter. It was all self-checkout. So in my mind, those people are not working. You know, people were fired because they were replaced by machines. But our, our economy is still coming back up and it's been down here for a while. And uh, things like that can cause major stress in a life. You know, you start having to reevaluate things that are that cost money. <clears throat> but these anxieties and these worries, they grow, they snowball, they can become full blown fear. And God didn't give us a spirit of fear. You know, He gave us uh, something else. Because guess what? I know, I mean, I'm sure you guys know this, but fear, anxiety, they don't even help us deal with the problems that we're fearful of. They don't help us one bit. Psalms 46.10 says that, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Hmm. Man, God has been telling us to fear not. Don't, don't be scared. He's got this. From, from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, he's, throughout the Bible, has been telling us, do not be scared. Tell you, what God has is stronger than any hand sanitizer out there. That's for sure. You know, we're dealing with money problems, being sick. Um, you get that tight feeling in your gut. You just want to give it to him. Because he gives us a peace. There's a peace that... that transcends all understanding. There is no peace on earth like His peace. So you can't find it anywhere else. Philippians 4, 6-7 says so. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, be prayerful, or be, uh, by praying and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Who doesn't want that? 
that peace that you know, I'm always like, ah, my kids are screaming, I just want to get away. Well, God's got this. He's got the peace I'm looking for. He's got that. He's got everything I could possibly need and want and more. Let's look at three ways that we can let God show his power or let God. And, and that's the next point is let God show his power. Sometimes when we reach situations, we feel like running. That, that explains my entire, that's kind of like the definition of my entire seminary courses. I'd wait till the day everything was due and rush it in because I'd avoid it because it was stressful. But then I would do it and it wasn't so bad. But that's how some situations are. We'll, we put them off, we put them off, we avoid it as if it doesn't exist. When we finally get to it, it's not so bad. So we've been carrying around this weight for much longer than we needed to when we could just allow God to show His power through it. Sit back and trust in Him. We can't wait and, and pretend everything is fine because we might miss the amazing power that God puts into us. And He, um, we want to see Him show His power and His goodness in our life. That's our testimony. That's how we, we spread His love. We tell somebody about it. Look, I know you're stressing. But God has got this. God has got you. Look at Joseph. He faced hard times, didn't he? I mean, his, his brother sold him into slavery. It doesn't get any worse than that, I think. But eventually the Lord lifted him up and gave him a powerful role. I mean, he turned what his brothers did into a blessing, if you will. Sure, he had to endure it, but that's what he did. He did endure it, but he trusted in God. He didn't just give up. He waited. He kept an eye out. And in the end, he was rewarded for his patience and his faithfulness. My next point, let God control or let God comfort you. Jonah felt super upset. He was pretty angry that God was sparing uh, Nineveh. Even when, when they were doing all that bad stuff, they were still sinning. He was sparing them. God tried to cheer him up by growing a tree to shade him from the sun, but he dwelled in that anger. He's like, you know, I'm mad. I'm going to stay mad. That tree dried up, and he missed that blessing. He missed that. That was that's like a father putting their arm around a child, telling them it's okay. And he missed it. He missed it because he chose to stay angry. But if he had focused on God's love, if he had remembered that God gave him a second chance, maybe he would have not been so angry about the second chance that God gave to Nineveh. Usually feeling better is associated with thankfulness. You know, I was reminded by that again with the prayer that happened on stage here because yesterday I was sitting in front of my TV and my son was not being himself. He was sick. And I remember always thinking, man, I wish you'd just be quiet for a little bit. You're so loud. Everything's a noise. 
But when he's not, when he's not loud, and there's something wrong, you miss it. So I can imagine being a father and my son on the cross. Because I can't stand watching my son with a peeper. And that's the kind of love that God has for us. <clears throat> it's important to appreciate what God has done for us. The sacrifice. The love. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. And that cares is not our definition of care. That's far beyond the care that we can define in ourselves. My next point is let God become the focus of your life. And that's kind of the, the point, right? The point of, of this 21-day fast was to remove our distractions and, and place God at the center again. You know, let God control our lives. And you know, we hit hard times especially all of a sudden, we tend to want to carry it and don't realize that this is a chance that we need to rethink our lives, rethink how we do things. When, when we run into like a month of uh, like money time, we had a, um, sorry, I had like a story come up. We had all of a sudden our wheel bearings went out in our car and that was like a $4,000 bill. There's no, there's no payment process. You just give them money. And so that sets us back, and we have to rethink what is important in our lives. Is it my Spotify account, or is it, you know, food? So you, you, you have to, a time to do that and to rethink what's important. And, and I'll tell you, we, we deserve the very best. And the best is God at the center of our lives. And it's important to live our lives that way, walking in faith every single day. Not just on Sundays, but following His way instead throughout the week. Right? Because it's like ruts in the road. You know, you want to follow God's path, but those ruts keep pulling your car back into it. When we focus on God, we can be still, calm, and everything confusing just kind of settles. But how do we let God, or let go and let God in our lives? Well, I'll tell you, we can nurture fellowship. You guys are important to each other. You guys, I mean, the Bible says that one iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So sharpen each other says, seek others who believe the gospel and will remind you that God is in control. You can, I mean, technology now, you can meet anywhere, anyhow, if you need to. I have a friend in, in uh, Chester. We can meet on Skype or Zoom if we need to. We can study the Bible together from a distance, or we can come together with local friends, local family, and study the Bible that way. But strengthen each other's faith. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another 
in love, honor one another above yourself. You might find that with your eyes on other people's needs, your worries might diminish. But there's a perk of having prayerful friends because prayerful friends means they're probably lifting your concerns to God on your behalf and vice versa. I mean, it's a win-win, I think. To discover God's promises. God said he would always be with us. Joshua 1.5 says that no one will be able to stand against you all of your days, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? I believe that. Man, read, read his promises together. His promises kept because he's never failed to present a promise that he said. Everything God said he would do, he did. The next is he parted the Red Seas, and Isaiah, he promised to send Emmanuel. Jesus said he'd rebuild the temple in three days, and he rose from the grave itself. There is nothing that we could present to God that he doesn't have, well, he doesn't well overpower and defeat it already. I always think, like, God, is this too much? He's like, that's it? <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> you know, I was uh, talking to Chelsea. I was telling her about my wife, who's a mental health counselor, and, and I found a lot of things um, interesting in her, in her development. Um, she was told by uh, one of her instructors to buy a cactus. And then she's like, put the cactus on your desk at work. Leave everything that's been dumped on you on that cactus. So you don't take it home with you. I'm like, well, why, why a cactus? He's like, because the cactus, it doesn't take much to keep it alive. It's a desert plant. And when you carry it around, it, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. You know it's there. So pile it on that and leave it there. And don't take it home. And, and God, in a sense, wants you to do the same for him. Just give it to him. And he wants to carry that weight for you. There's a byproduct to, <clears throat> to letting go of our burdens and worries. We're humbled. You know, we're humbled because of God. That's what he wants us to do. He wants to give us the patience to endure everything. So he trades all that for um, patience and trust. But with, when we're humbled, we can hear the Holy Spirit more clear in our heads. We can hear him tell us what we need to do next. And it's not interfered with our own words. You know how many times that I've, well, the Holy Spirit said this. Well, maybe that was me. Yeah. Makes more sense now, you know. <laughs> but I want to revisit Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and then lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do we humble ourselves? You know, we're told... We're always told to humble ourselves, but we tend to want to hold on to what the flesh doesn't want to let go. We call him Lord. 
but we worship another God. He has a name, and it's S-E-L-F. I want to tell you a little story. One day Jesus and his disciples were on the way to Jerusalem. And Jesus abruptly stopped, turned to his disciples, and he said, I want you guys to carry a stone for me. I will tell you what to do with it when we get to where we're going. This turns around and walks off, and the disciples are looking at each other like, what is this? That's a weird request. So they start picking up stones, but Peter, he's a smart guy. you know. He's like, you know what? Sure, I can do that, but he didn't specify size or shape. So he breathes down, he grabs this silver dollar-sized pebble. Say, well, it's a stone, isn't it? He begins walking, proud of himself, you know, loopholes and all that. So they walk for a couple hours, and they're entering the city, and Jesus stops again and says, okay, this is it. I want everyone to gather around this shade tree, sit in a circle, place your stones in front of you, and let's give thanks to the Father. So they do that. And uh, in the middle of, of giving thanks, Jesus Thank the Father for the bread. They're like, what bread? Does he have food, again, that he wasn't telling us about? When they were done, they looked down, and that stone turned to bread, the exact same shape and size. Yeah, so he was smart up until that moment. He said, let's eat. They, he was done with his nugget first. <laughs> and everyone else ate, and they stood up. They walk through the town, healing, preaching, teaching, performing miracles. And um, as they were leaving the town, Jesus again stopped and said, I want you guys to carry a stone. And I will tell you what to do with it when we get to over yelling. Oh, <laughs> Peter was excited. He's like, yes, finally. So he's scouring. He's, he's hungry. He's looking for this rock. He found it, two hands, walking like a penguin. It's not going to fall for this one twice. So they're walking about two, three hours, sweating, mid-desert. It's just awful. But he's putting in the work. He's going to earn that bread. Finally, Jesus stops in front of a, oh, there's a river that runs across their path. He says, this is it. Oh, you can be this excitement now. He's ready. To, he's been thinking about this bread this whole time. Jesus turns to his disciples. He says, I want you to take your stones and throw it in the river. His jaw hit the ground. He's like, what? So one by one, they start throwing their rocks in the in the river. Of course, Peter's last. Hoping he was going to change his mind. So he defeatedly walked over to the edge, tossed it in, and just collapsed on the ground just to rest because he's been breaking his back. And he's thinking, you know what? I just did all this, all this work. Because he asked me to carry a stone and just to what? Throw it in the river? Jesus, knowing his thoughts, sat down beside him and said, Peter, for whom did you carry that stone for? See, when Jesus asked him the first time and he didn't know there was a reward, he didn't know the outcome, he didn't trust it, so he did the bare minimum. But when he knew he had this huge reward on the end, he was really putting in the work. Sometimes that's how we deal with the request of God. We're like, well, I'm not not doing it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but we we let go of the uh, 
the needs of the flesh so we can just serve the Lord with fervor and everything we do for him. That zeal. When we do the bare minimum, we essentially take the gifts of the Holy Spirit, put them on the shelf to collect dust. And we're going to give it back to him like that. Oh, there it is. Romans 12, 11. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I knew I put that in there somewhere. <laughs> fervor meaning like passionate feeling. You be passionate for him. I mean, in everything we do, don't do the bare minimum because Jesus is our first love. Can you imagine how we'd feel if Jesus came and, and did the bare minimum? What would that look like to us? Would we feel as loved, as important? When we give our 100% of ourselves, we're putting all of our trust in God. I mean, we got two hands and we cannot carry the whole world, but he can carry it. He can carry my world. He can carry your world and yours and yours and yours. I feel like Oprah up here and yours and yours. But you know, we carry too much on our own. We're like, I want to give this to God, but it's too much. That's anxiety. I want to let this go, but I can't kick it. It's flesh. Besides, I can handle this. It's pride. But this, but that. What about but God? But God. This was weighing heavy on my life. But God. This was controlling me. But God. I didn't know what to do. But God. Psalm 20, I'm sorry, Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He is our portion. He is our strength. He is our answer. God is the answer. Now, when we start putting our faith in ourselves, that's all it is. It's, it's faith in ourselves. Faith can't heal you. Or I'm sorry, (laughs) let me take that back. Self can't heal you. Self can't offer you salvation. And self can't raise you from the dead. But I know someone who can. Plus the the phrase, but self, just doesn't quite have the same ring to it. So I want to end end with this one verse. Um, Romans 8.28 says that, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been a, who have been called according to his purpose. God is there for you in, in, in every situation. He wants to carry your problems, your stress, your anxieties, your fears. So you don't have to. And that's unconditional love. He wants, he freely gives himself and everything he's got. And God, he's all powerful. And he gives it to you. Remember these situations that we're in, they're so temporary. God says that the only thing that's going to follow you 
your relationships. Have good relationships. Build that relationship with God. And one thing that I'm going to try to start doing is fasting more. You know, I shouldn't have to wait or I shouldn't wait to fast once a year when my church does it. Because I always need God to center my life. I mean, he's got a good deal, right? He's there for us in everything we do. And he offers unconditional love. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love, God. We thank you for just offering us you. Sacrifice, God. But just, there is no love like that. Not here. There's no peace on earth like your peace, God. Lord, I pray that your peace descends on everyone here. That their worries and their stresses just hand them to you. God, we just love you. And we offer our hands out to you, clenched fist, God, and we just release what it is that we're giving to you. For your love, your guidance, your peace, your you. Lord, we just, I just ask you to bless this community, God, and, and thank you for opening this door, allowing me back here. They're wonderful people. We just love you. I can see that you're showering your love here. We just thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.